0: New Year is a time, isn't it, for new beginnings and freshness. And and I love every time we get to a new year, one of the things I love doing is looking at the stats about New Year's resolutions, and I find them fascinating. Um, So this was a a piece of research done just last week by eToro, which is like an investment firm. Read into that what you want. Um, and, and they surveyed 2,000 people in the UK. It's not a massive survey, but it had some interesting results. Um, and, and according to that survey, 57% of people in the UK will make resolutions for 2023. Just by show of hand, who is planning to make a resolution or has made a resolution this year? OK, what? one person. A great reflection of British society here tonight. Um, and it was really interesting how those 53% divided up what they were going to res- resolute. What's, what's the verb? Resolve. Thank you. 51% said they wanted to get better with their money, perhaps because of the cost of living crisis. Um, so things like starting to budget or investing their money or building up a reserve for worst case scenarios or starting a side hustle, building some form of money. Um, 50% wanted to work on health and well-being. 45% on fitness, which is actually the first year that fitness has taken a, a decline in the New Year's resolution stats, it's normally number one. 35% on some kind of personal development, and 25% want to work on time with family. It's interesting, isn't it? I took some time out um, in November, December time, beginning of December, um, and took some time just to consider what what I'm doing, like in my ministry, in my work, in my life, and my marriage, like in all of these areas and all these callings that God has placed on my life, what do I want to do in 2023? Who do I want to be? What do I want to achieve? And I came up actually with a list of eight things. I can tell you more about them if you want to know more. But my, my, my three top ones were this. Number one was to grow in personal devotion. That is to, to fall more and more in love with God, to grow in my personal walk with him, and grow in faith. Number two was to flourish in my marriage with Kat and to work on that. We're, we're married a year and a half now. I want to grow that and invest in it. And number three was learn to rest. I'm not good at resting. I get tired. And I want to learn what that looks like to, to rest God's way, to be obedient in that. Those, those are my ones for 2023. In fact, I had eight. You can come and ask me about the rest later if you want to. Um, the problem is, according to eToro, only 29% of people are still going at their New Year's resolutions from 2022. That's quite a big drop off, isn't it? And uh, uh, maybe we think, like, I'll fulfill my purpose in life when I get married, or I'll fulfill my purpose when I achieve this, or I'll fulfill my purpose when I get the, the promotion at work, or when I pass my exams. Or when I find a friend that finally gets me, or when I finally get into that relationship I've been waiting for for years, then I will best fulfill my purpose. We ask questions in life, like, Am I doing the right thing with my life? Does my life matter? Am I making a difference on earth? What legacy am I going to leave behind? Or maybe you look at your purpose for 2023 and you simply think i just don't want things to get worse <laughs> as long as i can just stick at it and get through 2023 because 2022 was pretty grim whatever it is for you we think in these kind of ways don't we and so tonight i want to show us i want to show us one simple truth as we go through and this is the truth if you go away with this ringing in your ears beautiful and this is it you best fulfill your purpose when you're faithful to Jesus today. And I hope as we go through the scriptures, as we, as we think about our lives, our society, that that will become clear to us. So I want to start, we're going to start big picture purpose, we're going to talk about kind of ultimate purpose, we're going to work into our life purpose, what that looks like for each of us as individuals, and then we're going to looking even more narrow to our daily purpose what does that look like on a daily basis okay that's where we're going so first of all I want to read from Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well now, I want to read the context so that you understand how this verse fits in. So let's go back to, to chapter 6, verse 25. It says, therefore, I tell you, this is Jesus speaking, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, worry about your body, what you'll wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon, an Old Testament king, in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So don't worry saying, "What should we eat?" or "What should we drink or what should we wear?" For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Do you see there this big calling on people's lives? If we could say there from these verses, what's my purpose? We could say it's that in verse 33, isn't it? To seek first his kingdom, his ways, his rule, his authority, and his righteousness, and in the context, Jesus here is, is saying, don't worry, don't be anxious about things in life, about food, about drink, about clothes. And he says the reason you can be anxiety free about those things is because you've got a father in heaven who loves you and who provides for you. He says, look at the birds. He says, look at the, look at the grass of the field, the flowers of the field. God cares for them as father. And so he'll care for you. And yet, as I've read these verses, the, 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 there's a problem, isn't there? Because the question is: As God's children, are we always supplied for with enough to survive? And the answer is no. Jesus talks about you might be killed for faith. Paul talks about some Christians will experience famine and drought. Some will go through hardship and suffering and times without. Lean times, hard times. When it seems like God isn't providing. And yet Jesus says, all these things will be provided for you. I think God says here, everything you need in order to do my will. Everything you need to seek me first, everything you need to glorify my name will be provided for you. I will never ask you to glorify me in any way that I will not provide for you in. It's your purpose. My purpose is to seek his kingdom first, to live under his rule, his good rule. And everything you need to achieve this Everything you need to achieve his purpose on earth will be given to you. It might be different to what we imagine. At times, from our perspective, it might be look, look like God is withholding, perhaps. But he's not. He gives us everything we need to seek his kingdom first. To live under his rule. And so think about that. If he's called you to go and start a new church, he will provide you everything you need. If he's called you to endure cancer, he will provide you everything you need. If he's called you to be an evangelist in your workplace, he'll provide you everything you need. If he's called you to patience and endurance as you go through the menopause, he'll provide everything you need. If he's called you, to give to God's work financially over and above, to serve and bless the world. He'll provide you everything you need. Not what you want, but what you need. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. And that is our ultimate purpose in life, to seek him first. There's some similar words in in 1 Corinthians 10. You can turn there if you like or listen if you like. 1 Corinthians 10 31, where it says this So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. What's your purpose in life? What's your purpose in 2023? Is to seek Him first. And to bring him glory. And bringing that down into our lives. Now within that purpose. I think there is immense freedom to choose. I don't think God has a a narrow mold. For everything we do in life. Of course he wants us to become more like Jesus. In our character. He wants his spirit to change us. To become more like him. But here he says. Whatever you do whether you eat or drink or whatever you do do it all for the glory of god whether you maybe have a one track dream for life and you're like this is me this is this is it i'm set for life this is what i want to do or whether your dreams change a lot <laughs> even daily and you don't have a master plan for life that's okay whatever you do this is God's purpose for you. And this is why church is such a beautiful thing, isn't it? Church is a place where people of all different uh, works and, and experiences and characters and gifts and abilities come together, all focused around that one common purpose to seek God first and to bring him glory. You may be an architect, you may be a cleaner, you may be a stay at home parent, whatever. But that common purpose unites us, and it's a beautiful thing as we look around us on the same mission, but that's looking very different in everyone's lives. But you might think that's a, that's a really spiritual answer. And I want, I want to know practically. I want to know, like, I don't know, who I should go out with or which GCSEs to take at school. I want to know the, the career path to, to set my mind on just imagine for a minute, imagine God sent you a message and he said to you, all right, in your GCSEs, I want you to do history. Okay, and you, you think like, all right, okay, done. And imagine it, imagine you do it, you take history, you get 100% in history, you ace it, you spend all your time into it, you choose a career path in history, you get into a relationship with someone who loves history. The fact that you love history and, and, and you build your life around this, And that's great. History is great. But you could do that and still have no idea why you're doing it. What your purpose is. Because God's calling for our lives is not something to do, but rather someone to be. We want to get practical, we want to get straight to it, like, all right, what does this look like? And there's nothing bad with that necessarily, but God says we're created for something bigger initially than that, to bring him glory as we seek him first. But then, okay, you're thinking, well, how do I do that? How do I bring God glory in my life? How do I seek him first? Does that mean I should just become a pastor or, I don't know, go go and become a missionary and... I don't know, anywhere. Because yes, there are some things that Christians shouldn't do. In the the context of this 1 Corinthians 10 verses, it says like, at the start, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is constructive. There is vast freedom, but there are some things Christians shouldn't be doing if they're going against God's ways. Why? Because you're seeking his kingdom first. Not the kingdom of the world, not the kingdom that you're building for yourself. But within that, God gives us immense freedom to choose. And he wants us to think less about what I do and more about why I do what I do. Because you're wired with so many gifts that are unique to you so many skills that God has blessed you with that's different to me, so many things that gets you excited, that gets you up in the morning. And I think God says, just go and do that. Go and do that and do it under that big umbrella, that big overarching theme of your life that you live for his glory and to seek him first. Can you be a nurse and live out God's purpose for your life? Yes, yes. Can you run your own business and live out God's purpose for your life? Yes. Can you be a stay-at-home parent and live out God's purpose for your life? Yes. Can you be a missionary in the Cameroon and live out God's purpose for your life? Yes. Can you choose history because you love it and live out God's purpose for your life? Yes. You can have a passion for something and live out your purpose living for the glory of God in a beautifully together way. They don't have to be separate. Colossians 3 verse 17 talks about this same thing. It says, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. It's not first about what I do, but why I do what I do. Because some of you have massive passions. It's great, And it's not to become a pastor of a church. Maybe it is for some of you. Or to be a missionary. But it's for you to build a rocket. I don't know. Or to build a business. Or to have a family. Or whatever fires you up and gets you out of bed in the morning. And God says go for it. Work it with everything you've got. Give it your best. Take risks to make it happen. As long as you get the big purpose right. I've got a friend on the on the Isle of Wight, back where I grew up. And, um, and he became a Christian probably about 10 years ago or so. And he was running this ski chalet company out in the French Alps. And it was a really successful business. They had about, I don't know, six or seven chalets there. You know, the ski industry is a huge money-making industry. And they were pretty comfortable. And I remember him saying to me, after he became a Christian that his priorities for the business that was really successful had changed after he became a Christian. And he said to me, I'll never forget it, he said to me his three priorities for the business are this. Number one, to bring God glory. Number two, to provide for his family. And number three, to give people an amazing holiday. And those were the priorities that he sat down after reading the scriptures, after chatting to other godly brothers and sisters. He's like, this is what my business is about. He kept the chalets. He kept doing excellent business. And yet his priorities had shifted. He did small things like changing the Wi-Fi code to John 3.16 and started off in small, simple ways. But now they've got the chalets and they're out there right now. You can look it up online called Altitude Mission ski and serve. They get a bunch of 16 or so um, young adults from the UK and they take them out and they um, hone their skiing. And whilst they do that, they do evangelism on the slopes. They do something called ski angels, which is when people are skiing and have had a bit too much to drink and they struggle to get down the slope safely. They help them down and care for their physical needs. This is a beautiful thing. Someone who's been saved by Jesus and what they are doing hasn't changed dramatically. It has a bit, but the why has changed completely. And I'm not the one at your school or in your workplace. I'm not the one in your family. I'm not the one with your friends who know your situation, but you are. So for you to say, I want to seek his glory above all else, And I want to make him known in my life, whatever I do, that's going to change things. God has placed you in a unique position, in this place, in this time, as one of God's people. And he would hate for you to waste it. Just imagine how, how you can live in a way that people look at you and go, wow, you know, they've they've really got something driving them that's deeper than just building up your own little empire or self-achievement or making money. They know why they're here, and so they know what they're doing. And so what does it look like when I wake up tomorrow in my daily choices and decisions and attitudes How does this impact it? How do I change? Because God has given us daily purpose. And I want to say this, bringing glory to God is not just a destination, but it's actually a daily decision. We often think of it, don't we, as a a journey, and that's right and that's good. We want to get to that destination. One day I'll bring God glory. Rather, the scriptures are clear today. I decide that I'm going to live for you. I'm going to seek your kingdom first. It's not a destination, but a daily decision to live for God's glory. Because the danger is we're dreaming big that we forget today the small, but the meaningful. God, will you provide all my needs to bring you glory today? As I do the weekly shop, as I meet with my family and my friends, as I go to work, as I answer emails, as I seek your kingdom first, God, will you supply exactly what I need to live for you today? Because like the, 78% or whatever of people who fail at New Year's resolutions, we will too. And there is so much grace. (laughs) But today, I choose to live for him. As you sit in the quiet of your room and read a short scripture, alone, you're living God's purpose for you. As you come alongside a friend in need and offer to lift them up to the Lord in prayer, you're living God's purpose for you. As you sit down and work out your finances so that you can give generously to world mission, you're living God's purposes for you. As you commit to join a small group to grow in your faith, you're living God's purposes for you. As you turn up to work and decide to honor God in working hard, You're living God's purpose for you. As you learn patience with your family when they're hard to be around, you're living God's purpose for you. As you come to church not to be served but to serve your brothers and sisters around you, you're living God's purpose for you. As you learn reliance on the spirit as you struggle with your mental health, you're living God's purpose for you. To say this, I will live out your purpose for me, Lord, in the big and the small, but today and forever. Because you deciding to be faithful to Jesus today is the most incredible way to glorify God. It may seem insignificant, but it is so, so meaningful. Because that's you getting your why right. First, and for you to daily remember that God would provide you with His Word for you to read and study and enjoy and grapple with. That as you daily remember that God would give you His Spirit on the inside of you to teach you, to train you, to give you joy, to suffer well. And as you remember daily that God has given you His Son, the Lord Jesus, who would die to forgive your failed resolves? (laughs) What a God who would provide our daily needs so that we can bring him glory. Because the only question we need to ask today is, where is my journey with Jesus? Getting this right will impact your life in ways you cannot fathom. And perhaps for you, 2022 was a wandering year. And 2023 is when you're going to get serious about your faith. Today and tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday. You will daily decide to put his kingdom first. To bring him glory in everything you do, whatever you do. And ultimately if we all get to the end of our lives and we have nothing to show for it, but you have a heart that is fully devoted to God and that's what you've done each day, that will be a life well lived. You best fulfill your purpose when you are faithful to Jesus today. Let's take a minute. I'd love for you to pray. And to talk to God, tell him what you're thinking. Be honest with him. Tell him what steps of faith you're taking tonight. Father God, I want to lift, lift us all up to you tonight. And, and I want to pray especially for those who feel like we've been wandering in our faith. Father, I pray that tonight in the power of your spirit that you would be prompting us to live bold faith to work at our faith Father I pray that you would make clear to us your will in in seeking your glory above all else in seeking your kingdom first Father please captivate us with that vision for our life and may we head into this year being certain and sure on the ground in which we stand And yet, Father, fill us with vision and passion and enthusiasm for whatever it is you've called us to. Thank you for the uniqueness of the people in this room tonight. I pray that you would use us for your glory in incredible ways, big ways and small. And that, Lord, we would ultimately, today and tomorrow and for the rest of our lives, decide to be faithful to you today. We pray this. We need your help in the name of Jesus.